Hey, this is Nicole Fredericks Jackson. I'm an executive coach and a growth strategist with FJ Coaching and Consulting. And I am excited to be here on Conversations with Pearl today. This is Pearl, and we are back again for another Conversations with Pearl podcast. And I am so excited to introduce you to uh, somebody I've gotten to know over the past few months and it's some coaching program that we're doing. But someone I think you guys all need to have a conversation with, especially if you are somebody who's looking to grow your business. And, you know, she's a mom, too. So we talk here often about how do we balance all of that together, right? Or my new favorite word is harmonize all that together. So I want to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Nicole Fredericks Jackson. She's a growth strategist and executive coach. She helps high-performing professionals who want to up-level their career without burnout. And let's talk about that. She spent 20 plus years working in law and higher education. She has helped hundreds of professionals navigate their career and leadership trajectories but big word there, upon completing her doctorate, this is what I'm interested in learning about, her doctorate in leadership from the University of St. Thomas in 2018, she knew that rather than teach, she wanted to work directly with higher achieving career-oriented people. I'm excited because she's taken that toll that, that career-oriented people have in that personal and professional life, and she is finding the harmony And she's paying it forward by helping other professionals like myself and those of you listening on how to harmonize that that balance. So welcome, Nicole. Thanks for having me, Pearl. It's such a pleasure to be here. You are so welcome. So I'm excited because, you know, in conversations with Pearl, we just have a conversation. So those that are listening, you just know that I might ask Nicole some real questions, but and she'll be sharing with us that information. So, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, about your personal life and what brought you down this career path. Well, I was a late bloomer uh, when it came to having a family. So I am a mom of a nine-year-old. And that was probably when my life changed the most. But prior to that, I had spent uh, my life very, very career focused. Um, Went, uh, I was, um, I am a first-generation college student who then decided that it was, I should keep going on, that I should continue to law school. So I did that right after that and ended up working in the legal profession for 20 plus years. Part of that, working specifically as a uh, prosecutor um, in the criminal division of one of our local county attorneys offices here in Minnesota, which is where I live, and then uh, went on to doing higher education as a director of student life and alumni engagement, where I worked with both students and younger um, 
to mid-level professionals as they navigated what they wanted to do with their life, how they might want to transition their career from law into something else. And uh, yeah, but my life then became very dedicated as well to my family um, at the same time that I was also doing my doctorate um, in leadership. And my focus there was on servant leadership and also um, it, it was a it was a dissertation on uh, the career path of senior black law enforcement leaders. And it was a really fascinating topic and really enjoyed the whole process of going through the dissertation and, and the degree. So I'm sitting here, you're talking about how I'm, I'm listening to you going the different contrasts, like you were in a prosecutor's office, but then you come over to college and I'm like going in a way they seem different, but there's some similarity, right? Because, you know, those that are going through the prosecute, they've, their life is about to change possibly, right? There's huge life decisions that are being made for themselves. And depending on how it turns out, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever that might be, right? But then you've got the young college kids. So I'm a mom of a 24-year-old and 21-year-old. One went to school for about one year and said, this isn't for me. And the other one is going to be graduating next year with a degree. And so, you know, two very different paths they've gone on. And to think about how, how, as I said, we think that's so different, but would you say that there's some very similarities that you saw in those, both of those? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think your, your, your correlation of the similarities is actually is very good. It's um, it is, it's about helping others in some way. And while it not, may not sound like a helping profession in the sense of being a prosecutor, um, I always viewed it as being a minister of justice, right? And so looking at the whole person approach for me was really important to be able to help navigate the system to make the right, a better decision, right? About how we could help people, um, both from the victim standpoint and also from the person who had done something wrong. Um, and being able to, you know, find a balance that would be beneficial um, to society in general. Um, and so same thing goes to higher ed. I mean, you are trying to help people in, in what can be an incredible, in, in, in both, an incredibly stressful time. Um, and so much of that, like, when I think about it, as I'm here right now, I guess I hadn't thought a ton about it, but so much of it is that listening piece, right? Um, and one of the things I love doing is interviewing people and, and listening and kind of hearing their story. And in both realms, when you would listen to the stories of the victim or when you're hearing the story of a college student or a graduate who's, who's struggling, um, quite often that's where I would come in to try to help them navigate how to be a better leader in their life and in their career. And, and in some ways that was the same thing, like just being able to listen and hear and, and help people feel heard um, in order to basically process what they need to process to move forward. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a big, it can be a very big decision. I, I, you know, in my family, my, my son is actually, my youngest one is the first one in my sibling group. I have, I have a brother and a sister in our group um, of nephews and nieces, he's the first one to get his college degree, which is a really, you know, big thing and very proudful moment. Um, I didn't have those opportunities when I was younger because it just wasn't in the cards for me. 
but I've gone on to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I learning and educating myself, you know, but that is still stressful. It's like what path, like you and I were just talking before we hopped on, like, who do I need on my, on my team to help me grow and become that better coach that I am, that better person, that better mom. Right. Um, and so there's, you know, there's things in our lives that happen that pivot us to go a dip, maybe, maybe a totally different path than we start on, which, you know, you've, you've kind of done a little bit of that. Like you've gone, you know, you've gone through some different pivots in your life. Right. So my question is um, what was the tipping point in your life that changed that trajectory that you're on? So, well, working in higher ed, I decided to uh, get my doctorate in leadership and um, there are a couple pieces with that that tra- that changed the trajectory. Um, so one piece was having my son. Um, and so it took me long a, lo- a longer time to actually finish my doctorate. Um, and I got it for free because I was working in higher ed. so it was I was able to take advantage of that piece. I actually did the doctorate initially mostly because I wanted to pay off my student loans from law school. And by going to school, I was able to put those at 0% and pay them. Um, So I viewed it kind of as a part-time job, but I had initially really wanted to do um, what I thought I wanted to do was higher education administration. So I wanted to be a Dean of students, do something along those lines. Um, I had my son and it really forced me to really kind of take a, a look at like, at life. And I remember it, it was really this decision. I was actually in your area. I was in um, the Tampa St. Pete area. We had flown down. I'd read um, the book, Playing the Matrix. Um, and had really just, it struck me for whatever reason. And, and in that moment on that trip, I'm like, I choose happiness, right? Um, because so often you were focused on the stresses of work and, you know, all of these different pieces. I'm like, I choose happiness. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm going to make a very radical choice to choose happiness because I wasn't showing up maybe as happy as I could be because I was so worried about school and I was worried about work and and my focus wasn't where I wanted it to be. I wanted to be with my son. Um, And so it was just one of those things. And really actually I was reflecting on it this Christmas because I do that kind of thing always around this time. And what I was talking about there was actually inner harmony Um, because happiness is not for the sake of always being happy. It's not that I, you know, I'm going to live in this blissful state every, every day. That's, it's just not real. (laughs) And I don't think that's just the attorney cynical side of me, (laughs) but um, that was the choice at that point in time. So I did the work and I started to work with coaches, but I was also doing my doctorate at that point in time. And so the other pivot moment was in the middle of doing this doctorate. I was at the point of having to do the dissertation, which was an incredibly lonely and difficult process because you do the coursework and you're with people. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, go forth and do this project. Um, and it's, you know, a book that you're going to write and you're by yourself. But I, I brought on an accountability partner and, um, or she was just, she volunteered to be my accountability partner. And I remember stopping and having this conversation with her and she asked me a very pointed question, which was, what is stopping you 
from like doing this. Right. Cause I, I kept stopping and I'm like, no, I can't do this. And I knew that there was something in me that was holding me back. And it was in that moment that I said, because I shouldn't be a doctor, like, who am I to be a doctor? Like, I don't want it. I don't want the title of doc. Like I was like, really like, I no, I, I mean, this is too much. Like I couldn't take on this piece when I have a mother with an eighth, eighth grade education and a father with that just finished high school and not having a lot of those role models. And it was a, it was a realization that um, I was holding myself back because I was afraid to step into that role. And it was at that moment that I'm like, you know what, I want to step into this role, but I had hesitation because I didn't, I knew I didn't really want to teach. And it came to me that I wanted to be on the ground with people. Like I wanted to be working side by side in partnership to help those learn to be leaders in their life as well as their career. Cause I really believe if you lead in your life, you lead in your career. I love that. I was writing down things that you're saying because it was just brought up some things for me. Uh, and, you know, it, it is that, you know, we, I'm working right now in our group coaching that I do. We, we're working on our inner child, right? And what we're told when we're kids is how it affects us, how it affects us in our adult life, right? Or what our surroundings were necessary as a child that tells us whether or not we feel like we deserve it or not. And what you said there was so powerful in that, you know, you felt like, why me, Right. Why do I, do I even deserve to be that doctor? You know, why do I, do I, am I entitled to that title? You know, and, and to be able to sit there and, and do the work and having somebody call you out, which those that are listening, it's really important that you have those people on your team that say, Hey, Nicole, Hey, Pearl, you know, why do you want to do this? And, you know, it may or may not be the right thing for you, but having somebody that, that calls you out on that is really important because it's that accountability not, they're not doing it to be mean, but you need to be accountable to yourself and having somebody like having that best girlfriend that won't let you walk out that door with that dress on and you should not be wearing, right? It's, it's having that, that person that can be like, okay, is this really what you want? Or is there a different version of what it is that you want? Which also is what you saw, you thought, you know, higher education and you took it a different way. You're educating those side by side instead of, you know, a big mass of people. You're able to touch down and become somebody's accountability now in that leadership role. And so it's so powerful. Um, and what what I love what you said, too, before all we got down that path is you chose happiness. Right. It's so, so important, you know, as somebody who who coaches on self-care and having harmony in our life choosing happiness. You know, I'm watching somebody that I know for a really long time that is in a, in a situation of a marriage relationship that they should not be in. And they're afraid that if I go that step, I might not be successful. Well, are you happy right now is what I asked. And they said, no. So I'm like, so you're afraid to possibly go do something that's going to make you happy because you want to stay in something that makes you sad or unhappy. Right. And so choosing, choosing that path, it's a huge decision. I mean, you know, everybody talks about fear, fear is a liar. You know, if you can walk through the, that fear and flip it around and understand there's a lot of faith in that fear that when you walk that mountain, it's not going to be an easy mountain to climb, but when you get to the top, you can be like, I did it and I'm happy now. Right. I'm happy with the choices that I made. Um, I think that's so, so important. And then what I learned was 
happiness is about making choices. Right. right. And it's about making the best choice you can, but it's, it's not at the, I'm going to make a choice that's comfortable. Choosing happiness became very clear that I had to make choices that were uncomfortable in that moment. And maybe it's because I was pleasing someone else by staying in what, you know, by not saying what I wanted or, yeah. you know, saying that we couldn't go on date night because, you know, we couldn't find a babysitter. Well, I could, I just was choosing to blame another circumstance with not doing that. So it's, it's making those hard choices yeah. in order to find it. Yeah. And it's so, that's such a great point too, that you bring too, to, to kind of tie that in like with self-care even like, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, I want to go to a movie date with my spouse, but I'm too, you know, that, that choice. Some people will say, well, I can't because I don't have a sitter. Like you said, well, bring the movie to the house. You know, there's ways to bring the movie in. Try to think outside the box of what's there, right? It's so, so important. I grew up in a house, you know, it's funny. My parents divorced after 43 years of marriage. Um, in all honesty, and I told my mother, I said, you probably should have never married my father. When I found out how they really got to marry and the story about how that led to their marriage, I'm like, that should have been your first sign. However, you know, I'm here and my mom's response was, well, then you wouldn't be here. And I'm like, I'd be here in some sort of way. You know, if it's God's plan, it's God's plan is how I look at it. But I, I look at that. I was like, she was so unhappy for so long that she stayed in those 43 years that now that she's out, she's still unhappy because she's not doing and didn't know the things to do to move forward, like to, to live in this happen to make she's made the choice but she's still not happy, you know, and, and it's sad for me to watch. And as a coach, you know, I try everything I can, but it's just, you know, sometimes you just can't coach those persons to, to step out of that comfort zone that they're in for that emotion. But, you know, one of the things you said is like, you, you realize you chose happiness. And for those that are listening, I, I want you to really understand that, that Nicole chose happiness and look where it's brought her. And that's what I want to talk about now is like, where, what, what do you offer as a coach? Like those that are listening, like, what are some of the things that you offer to them um, to help them see that the choice of happiness in their business, and then they're growing their business and that leadership role to find that harmony, because you and I both are business owners, right? And I'm a self, you know, I'm a, an empowerment coach. I like to empower women to have harmony in their life so that they don't look back and have any regrets. But sometimes when you're in it's like, you know, like you said earlier, it's just, I, I'm so worried about my job. I'm so worried about this that I forget that I want to have harmony. So how do you walk through, kind of walk us through the experience of being with you and you doing that? You know, I meet everyone where they're at is really the first piece. Um, you know, everyone wants that precise method. The method is actually meeting them where they're at and finding out what's going on. But a lot of it is looking at life, which always shocks them because they're often coming to me because they want greater career happiness. But the lived experience I've had is that if you're not just, if you're not in that inner harmony and that ha place of happiness, it doesn't matter what job you have, you're always going to bring you, right? Being the saying is, and I always get it messed up, but you know, here you are now, 
and you'll be that same person later. If you don't, it's kind of like your mom, right? Like you've cut the ties, but if you didn't change some of the pieces on you, nothing's going to change. And what I learned, because I actually, so I left higher ed and I actually just, I decided to become my own business owner. I started with consulting, just legal consulting. And then I kept getting called back to coaching, right? But when you make that change in the position, you still have to do the inner work. And so a lot of the pieces that I work with clients on um, starts with just identifying small steps in their own life, right? Like you have all of these different buckets of life from health, spiritual wellness, emotional wellness, um, hobbies and fun, which for the group I work with, that's a real challenge. What do you do for fun? I don't have time for fun, right? Like who has time for that? I've got to work. Um, and I was one of those believers at that at one point in time too, right? But there's all of these different layers and career is just one part of it. Some people divide it into a pie. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to look at it. But where are some of the places that you feel like on a scale of one to five that you're doing the best? And where are the other pieces that maybe are only a three? And what's one small action that you'd like to take to move that piece to a four? Or what's one action that you'd like to stop doing, right? Because I think we so often think of, I have to do more. And the reality is there are pieces we can do less of, right? Is there something I can subtract? Um, Maybe I eat less sugar, right? And that's going to increase my energy um, and my health, right? It helps, but it also has other impacts, right? Because when I'm physically fit or I'm taking care of my health, I know I'm showing up better in my career because I'm more confident. For whatever reason, that always impacts my confidence because I feel good. Um, And so those are the pieces we kind of look at, which always surprises them. But then you also walk through pieces that um, they can do more of and less of within work um, as well. And Part of that is um, helping them identify ways in how to influence others more Um, because there's that piece of being aware of who you are and what you want. And then there's that social awareness. And when you overlay those two on trying to impact others to help make decisions move better, um, that's, that's a big piece of what we do. But I will also say that another piece that we often work on is expectations and not expectations of others, but what we're expecting. Um, And a lot of that comes honestly from when you think about some of the um, books on, this is going to sound weird, but on sales or marketing. When we are attaching to an outcome that we have no control over, it becomes really, really hard on us. But if we know that the process we're into, that we are doing, that we're we're doing the best that we can and we're showing up as our best self and we're putting in the pieces and we're doing this work on us and how we show up, that the outcome may not be exactly what you want in the end. It might be better. Could, could be less, but 
when you put the right process in place, your outcome can change. Um, and so often we're holding on so tight to controlling what the outcome is going to be that we lose sight of what our process is. And I see that a lot. And it's always really surprising when clients are like, oh, yeah, I guess it, it does feel a lot better <laughs> to be in this role when I'm not trying to figure out how I get my boss to think a specific way or do a specific thing or a client to act in the way that I want them to act. Because you have no control at the end of the day on that. What you do have control of is how you show up, the processes that you put in place and making sure those pieces are together. I love that. It, it reminded me of the book called Swagger. Have you heard Have you heard of the book? It's called Swagger. I don't have it in front of me. I have heard of the book. I have not read that book. Yeah. I'm actually currently reading, what is, um, um, I'm trying to see if I have it here. I actually just read Adam Grant's book, which was very good uh, on Think Again. And he has a piece on some of that, but then also um, The Practice by oh. Seth is actually an incredible book. So so, um, so yeah, it's called, it's, it's called Swagger. I think I let somebody borrow mine. I was looking to see if I had it on my desk, but it's by Leslie M E H M. And okay. it's really good about showing up as who you are, like not who other people think you are. And I love what you said too, about sitting down and meeting them where they're at. Right. And letting them figure out what is that inter, you know, what does my inner self want? And, and to understand that, you know, I'm on this planet not just to be this employee, this entrepreneur, whatever that role is, but you're also on it to enjoy life. You, you know, you've been given this life. You have to find a way to enjoy it. And like you said, you know, if you, if you change the thing, but you don't change the thing that puts you there, that makes you miserable, it doesn't matter whether you're sitting in the same, the different job and a different company, or you change your business, you're still not going to be happy. If you don't change the things that totally, you know, make you happy and, and that's hard work. It's hard for, I know as a coach, it's hard for people when they start. I love when I, they get the aha, like, oh, wow. Yeah, I get it. Right. And love when I, when I get that, but it's hard, you know, watching them go through that process and that realization, it's tough. It's tough to look in the mirror or look on paper and be like, wow, part of this is me. And part of this is what I'm letting others do, right? I, I was sharing with somebody earlier that I felt like I'd been kind of bullied up until in my early 50s. And when I started realizing going, everybody else has been controlling what I want and you release that, the floodgates just open. So as you're coaching those clients you work with, I can just, I, I could feel them sitting there going, wow, my top five, if I could take my three to a four, what a difference in my life it can be is it's just so powerful. And, and I love that you use the one to five because sometimes the one to 10 gets so overwhelming. It's like, if I could just, even if I just had a five, you know, I'd be happy if I could just move this one step. Right. And you and I were talking earlier and we work with a, a, a coach, Julie, and I love, I remember when I first started working with Julie and I had said, well, I'm behind. And when she told me you are where you're at, I was like, Wow, that's so true. I am where I'm at by my choices. And so if I can look and feel good about I am where I'm at, yes, I could have done things differently, but I can't change it. Life's not a remote. As I often say, you can't rewind it. What can I do to move me forward? And so having that that accountability and somebody that walks you through that. And look, I know you, you know, you and I could both agree, 
even coaches need coaches, right? I mean, oh, I absolutely. I mean, I have, you know, besides Julie, I have, you know, another coach just for personal stuff. So it's really important to surround yourself. So those that are listening and that what people like Nicole and like myself that can help you go from where you're at today to where you want to go to. And even if it's just improving one thing in your life, whether it's personal or your business, it's important that once you do that, the, the gratitude of knowing I move that from here to there is so powerful. And like you said, too, when you feel good about yourself, you show up differently, right? When you, you, you definitely show up differently. And I think it's, it's really important for those that are listening. Um, a few weeks ago, last month, I was away for a couple of weeks retreat and I, I had brought my mom with me because I wanted to try to have some conversations around some things that, you know, we have in there. And I realized through that process, I, it hit me that she's, it's no sense in having the conversation because she's still where she's at. She's not going to recognize what I'm saying. So there's no point. I just got to love her where she's at and put boundaries around what I will accept. Right. And so I think when we put boundaries around what we will accept in our life and we realize I deserve more than just working a nine to five job, doing my business, you know, I want to have date nights with my spouse or a significant other. I want to spend time with my children. Then you start realizing that I can have that harmony in my life. And, you know, somebody, we have a mutual friend, Karsta, she taught me about that word harmony. I've totally changed it because so often we hear the word balance, right? And balance, you can't have hundred percent balance. I mean, a perfect example was I was in Vegas. My family's on the West Coast, East Coast, and I was on the West Coast. How can I have balance, right? But if I can find how to have harmony in having to do that or whatever I'm facing, life becomes less stressful. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I am not, I, I don't believe in, I don't think balance is a thing um, because life is 80, 20, 20, 80, depending on which direction you're looking at it, right? Like there are some days I have a lot of time to spend with my family. There are other days I'm going to need to put in the hours, uh, whether I was working as an attorney or in higher ed, there were times where you just, you have a cycle of, of things that have to be done. But it's changing the narrative of it too, right? Because we all want to be like, well, I don't want to work so much. Work, I mean, we want, so it depends on the person, right? Shouldn't say it quite that way. But it is, when I reframed what work is for myself, it serves a purpose. And the purpose is the necessity of providing for the family and providing for the things maybe we find important, right? For our family, we like to travel. So work provides that piece. It's a necessity. But we also took, I took purpose out of work in the sense of it wasn't my purpose, right? Like I have meaning in my life that's beyond what my career is. My career helps feed that meaning and helps me be able to afford some of those meanings. But it's it's just one of those pieces. And it's, yeah, it's like Karsta says, it's harmony. Sometimes I use work-life flow. And I just recently had someone talk about it as work-life blend. But the bottom line is it's about creating a life by design rather than default. And it's about making very intentional choices about what you want to do and how you want to spend it. And that doesn't mean those choices are going to be easy because they're not, 
and it also doesn't mean that we're broken. I mean, I think I want to like, that's one of those pieces that I like to remind people that when there's work to be done, whether it's hiring a coach or bringing in what, I mean, it's, it's your personal board of directors. They're the mirror to be able to help you see better, right? Like to be able to look and go, Oh, maybe that isn't my best action. Or could I take that a step up? Right. Um, Or am I showing up as my best self? But you, you need to have that feedback um, in order to continue to grow. It doesn't mean you're broken. You are where you are. Um, and I think it is it Brene Brown who talks about being in her psychologist's office and basically getting so upset when they're like, well, do you think maybe they were doing the best they could? She's like, no, they were never doing the best they could. Oh, how could she say that? And then she goes through this whole thing, but that's my, my version of what she says. And I just, it still makes me laugh because it's so true. Like you're doing the best you can with where you're at and what you have. Doesn't mean you can't build skills and grow more. Right. It's just, that's all it is. It's just an opportunity to grow. And it's so important to those that are listening to understand that, you know, you do the best you can do and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just, that's where you're at. And, you know, if you can take that lesson and say, I love sharing the mountain. I always say, you know, climb the mountain. Well, don't run to the top of the mountain. How about you just, what does the mountain look like? What's at the top? And we all know when we get to the top, we got to come down, right? But do I have to fall down? No. And I don't have to run up either, right? So if I can take and stop partway up the mountain, and maybe you stop a couple of times up that mountain to accomplish what it is your goal is, and to have that unity and have that, you know, workflow, harmony, whatever you want to call it, then stop and enjoy it. Just stop and look back and look at the scenery roof and be like, wow, I've come this far. Look at this beautiful blue sky and, you know, look at whatever that is for you. And then take the lessons and say, this is what I learned so far. And this is what I know I don't need anymore. Release over the mountain what you don't need anymore and then finish the climb. And then when you get to the top, enjoy it and enjoy why you're up there. You know, as, as moms, I, I always tell I, you know, my, my, I don't like to call them stay-at-home, my CEO moms who are the CEO of their household I tell them, you're not a stay-at-home mom. You're running a house. You are running a, a business, which is your home. And you don't have to do it all by yourself. There's pieces, whether it's a significant other, a spouse, there's kids, whatever that is, they're all part of that. And they all own claim to it. So, you know, finding a way to, to you know, I always share on my podcast. I refer to my sister-in-law often. My nephew at three or four years old, he was putting his clothes away. And she said, he needs to learn this life skill. And I, it allows me to spend time with him. So she was teaching at the same time as accomplishing a chore. And so when you get to the top of the mountain and you can say, what have I done? Who has helped me get here? Who has not helped me get here? Who could I, who I need to bring with me and who do I need to release? It's okay to do all that. And it's okay to recognize. And, and I think too, for our self-care, it's important that we walk through those, those steps because if we want to continue this success, or maybe you get to the top of the mountain and go, screw this, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, then, and it's okay to release that, you know, I, I mean, I think for me, I know, especially we've watched a lot and it was interesting. I don't remember who shared the report yesterday, but it's interesting coming through COVID. Yes, people have a shortage of employees, but what they were also saying is that a lot of the demographics of whether short of is those that are close to retirement that said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to enjoy my life, right? Or the younger demographics going, 
I don't think I want to do that job anymore. I think I want to be an entrepreneur or start my own business. Right. So it's, it's those reflections and it's, it's sad that it took a pandemic to have our national, you know, our country and our world recognize some of those important things. But I'm, I love people like you that are helping. And I love being a coach because I get to help people see, and you're helping them see, this is what I want to do. And this is what I need to change it. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just so powerful. Tell me a, a little bit about your family. So we haven't talked about your family. Tell me a little bit about your family and then tell me what are some of the favorite things that you like to do as a family? And then how do you incorporate your own personal self-care into your daily? Well, my family is um, my spouse um, and my son who is nine. So um my husband now works actually in in higher in higher ed as well, but he was a law enforcement officer for 28 years. Um, our son was born um, when I turned 40. <laughs> He's now nine. You can do the math. Um, and uh, he is an avid uh, Lego person, but he is uh, now getting a little bit more of some of the video games, which I'm still COVID did bring that whole realm in um and I'm 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 embracing it. I'm trying to become okay with it and knowing that there are some benefits. <laughs> uh we also have a golden retriever and a dog is always a part of my life. Um I always I, I came to my relationship with my spouse uh, with a yellow Labrador retriever and my husband knew very well that the dog was number one in my life and that he was number two. Now my husband's number one. But until that dog was 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 gone, he's like, all right, I guess I know I know where I stand. <laughs> um, and you asked, so you asked, what do we like to do, right? What do you like um, to do as a family? And then what is it? How do you incorporate your own personal self care? So what do we like? We like to, you know, we are a funny family. So not, fun. I mean, we love to travel together. We like to do just kind of random things where we maybe take a two hour trip up north and go on a staycation. Actually, we were laughing at ourselves because. Before our vacation that we just took for Christmas break, we actually went 1.5 miles away and stayed in a hotel so we could watch airplanes land. It was right next to the airport and it was the best time. So, you know, just had a little dinner and enjoyed that. So just spending that quality time together and those types of things Um, and incorporating daily self-care. It comes and goes, right? And it is one of those things that you know you need to do. And I know when it's missing. Um, it's it's the high achiever perfectionist in me that gets the best of me. Oh, I can't do it perfectly today. So, well, why do it? I recognize that, right? Um, so I just set that out there. So people don't think that I'm perfect at these things. I'm not. Um, and there are days where I'm better at it and days that I'm not. But honestly, the best um, self-care for me is meditation. And I know that's not for everyone, but meditation is something for me where if I just, in my, my meditation's not fancy. Um, you know, there was a time where I thought, oh, you need to have a, you know, Zafu cushion and you need to sit totally upright and you need to do exactly this and have this music and no one can bother you. I've learned that the best self-care for me is to learn how to meditate in the middle of chaos, because it ultimately is something that has served me well when I'm going into a really difficult meeting um, or a difficult conversation. And I'm able to center myself for one minute prior to that. 
Um, and my meditation in the morning, it's often been a morning meditation. I am trying to incorporate more of an evening meditation because sleep is really important. And I have to say as a pre-menopausal woman, I'm really struggling with the sleep cycle right now. So I'm trying to find self-care things that help move that along as well. But meditation has honestly been um, the best thing for me. And it's just, sometimes it's just quiet sitting. Um, Sometimes it incorporates a prayer within it. Um, You know, for me, spirit does include God, but it's, it's a belief in something that's higher than yourself, no matter what that belief is, or whether it's a encounter with nature, with God, with the universe, however you define it. I think it's a really important piece of self-care. So I um, love that you are saying that. I just love that. It's, yeah. yeah, it's so powerful. And for those who have been listening, they know that I have a great relationship with my dear friend. Her name is Sharon RG um, and she has mending meditation. And I, when I met her, we met because she was doing a um, mental health weekend. And I, I said, Hey, I'll be a speaker. And we've grown this great friendship, but I never knew how to meditate. The thought of sitting quietly with myself was like, get out of here. I cannot do that. There's too much up here. Right. So she, I actually took her course and she's taught me to meditate not once, but twice a day. So in the morning and at night, and what's great is she writes her own meditations. And she said, everything you said, I was as if Sharon was sitting right there next to you going, yes, yes, yes. Because she says, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're laying down, sitting up, you don't need nothing fancy, right? She And she she writes all her meditations. She's not a plug and play. She's like, you don't need special things. You can sit with yourself and be quiet with your thoughts. Because so many times things, I'm sure you find too, come to our mind, you know, that help us go, oh, that's, that's how I want to do it, right? Those aha moments. And then also in the midst, like you said, of going into something stressful or a big meeting or something, you can center yourself. And I've gotten now to where in the afternoon, I kind of set an alarm and just be like, take time to breathe in the middle of the day, because we can get so busy, whether you're, you know, a CEO mom, or you are a, you know, entrepreneur or business, whatever that is, it can get a busy day. And so if you could just stop and breathe, you know, um, I was at an event and some, the lady on there, they said, you know, what do you do in your day? She goes, well, I breathe. And she said, but there's breathing and there's breathing right? There's breathing because we're just breathing like what we're doing now. But then there's breathing to go, I need to just release some stuff and just kind of center myself. And everything you said, I was like, I was jumping in Jack and jumping Jackson's side. So it was just awesome. I love that you shared that. And actually one of the pieces you mentioned, the breathing, it's another piece that I will incorporate through the day where I'll just stop and I'll take one deep breath in, but I will spend it's about 30 seconds to just watch your next three breaths. And it's nothing that takes any time. And I've worked with clients who we've worked on um, having kind of, you know, some keywords that they can tell themselves before they go in to a meeting or um, the breathing exercise. And they're like, I I just don't have time. And so we will do it. And I'm like, do you know that that just took you 37 seconds, right? 17 seconds to take, say the words to yourself Right. seconds to actually watch the breath. And they're like, like, could you do that in between meetings or, you know, maybe like stepping away from your children in, or before you go in, like, that's one of the pieces you work with is the engagement, right? Like, especially in this work from home, you're in your room, your office working, and then you go out and you're now a mom, you know, a parent, um, or, you know, could be a, 
dad too, but um, I often work with moms, <laughs> you know, working moms. And um, you've got to have that separation. And all you need is that moment, like you talk about, just to to just settle yourself, whether it's watching, like taking the, doing a breathing meditation or just being quiet or just watching the breath, um, something that can create separation. That's true. This has been so much fun. I can't believe the time has flown by already. I, um, I have a question to ask you before we do our little special thing we do every time. And my question is what's one sentence that you can leave the audience with to remember you by? I would go with, it's never too late to feel alive and to thrive, um, no matter your stage or your age, you know, it's, it's never too late to make that decision to be able to feel life again and to thrive in whatever it is you want to do, whether it's your career, um, a hobby you want to do, whatever it is, um, you have that time and it's never too late. I, I just, I love that. It's so, it's so powerful. It's not too late. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. And I always, you know, I remember I always tell my granny, I'd say, how old are you? And she's like, oh, I'm so old. I'm like, nope, you're only as old as you, as young as you feel. Right. And so I think that's such a great, great message. So thank you for sharing that. All right. So now what we're going to do is for those that listen and watch, we have our little special thing. We have our better questions, better life cards, and I am not affiliated with it. I get paid nothing for this. These are cards that I use to either meditate or take a time in the day. Um, I'll pull a card once once a day. Um, And so basically my friend, Carol Gill, and you can go to betterquestionsbetterlife.com and get them. But we're going to shuffle these and then you're going to tell us to call when to stop and you're going to answer the question. Okay, so here we go. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay, so, oh, this is a great question. Kind of a good follow up to what I just asked you. And the question is, what brings you bliss? What brings me bliss? Time alone. (laughs) 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 Um, I... I am borderline extrovert introvert. I'm very, I am very extroverted, but one of the things that I absolutely love is being able to take a journal um, and to just go and be, I always ask for these like couple day retreats. Um, so my husband knows now what I want for, for mother's day. I love my son dearly and I love my family, but I do really like, I love that time just to be alone. And- yeah. With, with me. That's and, awesome. and that's probably something I've grown to do, right? Like, yeah. It's so powerful because like I do, you were, you were saying your family does staycation. I love to do staycations. And I go, like you said, a mile away, I'm like five, 10 miles away to go to the beach or in Florida or whatever that might be. But I love to do that. I just think it's so powerful, which is why I also offer retreats every year. We do our, um, our annual pajama retreat every September and just, 20 women, we get together and you're in your PJs, no makeup. You can let the girls hang loose or not hang loose, whatever you want to do. And we have usually five, we always have five amazing speakers. We work on personal and there's a little bit of business in there as well. And it's just a lot of fun. And we do some really great fun things. So I think it's important. I love that your honesty too, but taking that time for yourself. And whether you're a CEO mom or whether you're a business owner or you're an employee, you need to take that time for yourself. And so, so, so important. So I'm so glad you shared that with us. And 
Um, so if anybody wants to know, I know Nicole does retreats and I do retreats. So we're going to put up all of Nicole's information so you can find her. But Nicole, tell everybody right now, where can they, what's the best way to reach you? Absolutely. So there's two ways. So one is through my website at NicoleFJ.com. And the other one is through social media. Um, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, and um, Facebook um, at uh, Nicole Fredericks Jackson. So, and I see O-L-E, no H, Fredericks Jackson. I love that. So make sure you look for Nicole and we'll put everything on there. And I'm so glad you were with us today and, you know, and we got to learn a little bit more about you. And, you know, I love the things you shared about, you know, taking the time for yourself, choosing happiness, you guys. So as Nicole shared with us today, please, as you listen to this and you close out your day or, or you start your day, whenever you are listening to this, choose that happiness because it makes a world of difference. And remember, as we always say, I want you to go find your inner pearl of greatness. Have a great day.